You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And welcome back to the Dome. We've got four games to cover. That okay, games are coming fast and furious now, eh? So God, that's what I want. What was it? It was like a game a week. It was painful. It was like a game a fucking month for a while there. Well, it felt like a, a week without hockey feels like a month. It's a weird phenomenon. Oh, when you're a hockey fan, you bookend your you count your days and terms of hockey games so yeah you need like at least one or two wins a week just to stay sane hey mm-hmm. and then when you go through a dry spell and a losing streak man those are painful i don't i wonder i don't know how it's up in edmonton right now i mean look we're going through a bit of a slide or a skip i guess we i don't even know what we're going through. i don't know it's a shit sandwich we got to deal with tonight but um that's what it is a shit sandwich did edmonton the... win tonight yeah oh they're in, they're in a shootout right now Okay, so that's back-to-back one-point games at least. They're starting to turn it around, but fuck, man, they <laughs> seven in a row. Well, they, you know what? Like for has as shitty as they have been, they're still they. If they get a point tonight, they're only three points back of us in the same amount of games played. So, oh no, they're right there. They're right there. The Ducks keep on rolling. They're they're at a six-point lead now, even though they have like eight games in hand. But fuck. We better start winning some games. Yeah, you have to win games. That's the thing, right? Like points percentage, points per schminage. You got to win these games for it to mean anything. You picked an interesting um, phrase to do the schminage on. <laughs> yeah, that was the most that was the most tricky schminage I've ever heard. You did in my a life. good job. Yeah. Maybe I should start asking questions post game like all the other idiots. Uh, Daryl, uh, Bungie Pony he comes from you know Canada and you know Ontario, and it's like twenty minutes later. What's the question? And then Daryl's just kind of like, Christ. to to confirm, did, he, did I think he had a good game? Yes, I think he had a good game. Next, so regardless of the shit sandwich and a bit of a yo-yo happening here, but. I don't know. I mean, was it on the last podcast where I'm like, how do, what do you make of this? Because we, we stomp Florida right after going through that terrible road trip. And you're just like, okay, well, we're still trying to fumbling and bumbling and figuring it out. But I think the common denominator throughout the entire season will be this team is what we expected them to be. Fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. It's like we've said 10 million times, like they're a good five on five team who's going to struggle to score. And when they can't score, they won't win. But right now it's just like you either your over under is either 2.5. You can't hit the 2.5 mark or it's 5.5. Like it's kind of weird how it's like all or nothing right now. Well, the two games where it was just like, holy, like 
I don't know. I guess we'll talk about them individually, but kind of the takeaway is like, hey, Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Chuck are on another planet. When they're not on another planet, this team is going to have a hard time scoring goals. Now, I would say it's the exact same case as it is in Edmonton, but it's not quite. It's not they're, quite to the extreme. They're, well, they're more extreme, but then they have no defense. Yeah. At the same time. As well, yeah. So they literally can't even take a night off. Like they have to score five, six points a game. Yeah. We're like a small, a slightly better version of the Oilers. We're a slightly more rounded, better defensive version of the Oilers. Yeah. Not as good offensively. Yeah. So who's better? I don't even know. With the current goaltending, I'd say we're slightly better, but we see, can't seem to beat them. So, well, we can't fucking beat them. And I mean, that's what was so frustrating about Saturday, Saturday night. Like, okay, I know the Flames just, like, okay, I, I can deal with losses if they have bounce-back performances, and holy shit, did they ever have two bounce-back performances. But goddamn, it'd be nice to see them win, like, a big game. Have they won, like, a big game this year? No like, shit, when's the eh? last time they beat Edmonton? Fuck. I'm sure when they were rolling, they won. I don't know. Did they? When they were rolling, they were just winning every game. I don't but... think they've beat the others. They haven't beat the others. They lost two games to the others this year, though. You come out of the tailspin, lose four straight Florida, Tampa, Carolina, then Ottawa. Then you curb stomp Florida at home, and you everybody goes, okay, well, wait a minute. Then you get three days of practice time. Edmonton's, what, lost seven straight? They're, they got, like, Cassian's out from Slump COVID. busters. Cassian's out. Koskinen can't stop a fucking beach ball. Nugent Hopkins is out. Who else is out? There's another nurse. I didn't see Hy- Hyman didn't play, did he? Hyman, that's who it was. Hyman was out. Wasn't Nurse just coming off it? Like, these guys are battered and bruised and have zero confidence with the world's worst goal, well, the league's worst goaltending, and you still can't win. And it's funny, again, the recurring theme of hope. Oh, man, did the, like, the oh, Flames had so many chances. They made, like, they made Koskinen look like he was fucking great. They made Koskinen look like he was better than Markstrom, and he was that night. And he definitely was, which was also sad. But I mean, I, that's just a that's a frustrating loss for me. Oh, I think well. for everybody, because like for fuck's sake, could you beat the Oilers? If you can't beat them when they're down and out, battered and bruised, missing guys with the, right. with the league's worst goaltending, when are you ever going to beat them? Connor McDavid didn't even have to fucking win the game for them this time. Dude, he just jacked shit, and they still couldn't find a way to get one past the world's worst goalie and the world's worst defense. In the league. And I mean, then you have to sit there and listen to the friggin' circle jerk all night, which makes it even worse. Like, did they even talk about the flames? I don't know, man. Like, this is the nice thing. I've been watching some some games with family and having a glass or two of wine. That's and it, I idea, just I, I just don't hear as much BS. <laughs> I just focus in on when oh man, that last <laughs> the last Ugh. two the last two games before tonight, 7-1 win, followed by the 6-0 victory. So my question before we start analyzing this is why the, why the extremes? You score one goal tonight, you can't manufacture anything. Backlund misses, breakaway. He had the open net. Missed Backlund it. missed? He, he dekes the guy out on a breakaway. All he has to do is chip it in backhand, fans on it. And then later in the game, he's in alone behind the goal. He has a wide open net. Hits the post. And you said it. Per- 
Listen, you said it absolutely perfectly. Michael, what'd you say? He's scoring goals. I said Michael Backlund's scoring goals, and we're still his his absolute dog shit finishing ability is still on full display. Unbelievable. Like, how'd you like that breakaway one where he flubs it? Like, oh man, Backlund. I'll tell you, I didn't like it. If he scores, if he scores out, we probably win that game. Tell you right now, didn't like that. Yeah, probably the breakaway. You go to tie it up, right? Yeah, it was a crucial moment in the game. So it's like even when he has a great game, he still fucking pissed me off. All right, let's um, should we keep it chronological here? Let's let's go to the Oilers game. Give us the game stats. And I mean, thank God for game stats, right? Because how else would you actually get a true gauge of what's happening? It'd be just a fucking emotional roller coaster mess. I mean, this this podcast kind of already is that, but but at least we have the the underlyings to help. Well, us. Well, that game wasn't a roller coaster on fucking mess. It's like they go up to nothing. You're like feeling great. Here well, we go. You're feeling like, like we're gonna pump these losers. That's how I was feeling at two nothing. Because like. If there's one thing the Flames are good at, it's winning when they have a lead because they can't do the opposite. So I was feeling great. And then the intermission's all about, oh, Koskinen sucks. Oh, man, does he suck? He's terrible. He sucks. Markstrom's great. He sucks. And then they lose. They blow it. And, I mean, they didn't, get, even, they didn't even play bad, but. Well, you knew you knew. They get their first little power play. Yeah. And you go, okay, well, here's what I'm thinking. The power play hasn't been that great. Let's just kill this off. Um, you gotta get out of your fucking end. That's that's pretty key to killing off a power play. And then Bouchard goes back to back fucking goals. Meanwhile, you have <laughs> Rasmus Anderson on the extreme contrast on the other end. My biggest thing is we've been talking about this a lot. And look, not much to complain about when we're when we're blowing teams out seven one six nothing. But when you look at these losses, you look at the power play, and you're just like, holy. Fuck, man. You have Rasmus Anderson. And look, we even had a five-on-three against Columbus last night. And you're just like, this is the least dangerous five-on-three I think I've ever seen, save for previous dude there could have been they could have been a five on oh if that was if those if they were pylons and they were doing a drill and it was five on zero that would have they still wouldn't have scored no still wouldn't have my question to twitter was why is it the guy with one fucking goal is the trigger man on a five on three the guy has one fucking goal on the season and and can't even do a fucking bump back pass on the breakout. He's the trigger man on the five on three. What the fuck? You have Johnny Gaudreau. He's playing lights out. You got Matthew Kachuk playing lights out. Why aren't these guys going cross ice to each other? Like, I do not understand the most dangerous power plays in the league. They do the cross ice, cross ice, cross crease, and then they have some sort of one time option. Well, do it up to the fucking. You one, look. You look at the Oilers. One goal. Yeah. You look at the Oilers fuck. setup, right? So you got McDavid on the left on the left half wall. You got Dry Saddle on the other, and then Bouchard at the top. Like we have those elements, but okay, well, McDavid can go to Dry Saddle. McDavid can be a threat to shoot, but having a guy back there, Bouchard, they can go to each other, but having a guy to dish to back there who can shoot it and score well, well, here's makes the biggest, all the difference. Well, and a little bit of fucking offensive. Prowess. A little bit of, yeah. Like, bit here, of, here's the difference instincts. that I've noticed. 
If you look at Bouchard's goal, where does he score them from? The top of the circles. Yeah, he's not he's not pinned to the blue line. Like, the highest you can possibly... We've talked about this a lot. Like, Anderson seems to think he has to be so pinned to that blue line. Like, he's always so high. It's ridiculous. And he's always shooting off his back foot. Oh, like all the time. He's never shooting from an advantageous position, ever. No. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen the hardest shot competition? Does anybody ever skate backwards and then take a slap shot on their back foot? Well, that was, was no. So, yeah. You have guys coming down, bearing on top of the puck and then deciding it's going to go through people and they're putting it where they want to. Like Bouchard is shooting not only from the top of the circles, he's his momentum's coming through the puck forward. It's not, it's not the reverse. We're always shooting off our back feet. We're getting nothing on these shots. Yeah, the power play needs to be fixed because even tonight, like your power, the, the special teams are losing you games because you're winning five on five every single night. I mean, the, the special teams were great in the two wins. They helped you win the games. So did they score a power play goal against Columbus, though. I don't think they did. Well, you probably got the game stats somewhere. Yeah, no, they didn't. No power. All goals were, were five on five last oh, shit, eh? the Blue Jackets. Right, like fuck, dude. Like if they could figure out their power play, they'd be, they'd be rolling. They'd be rosy. Hannafin actually ties the Oilers game up with a shot that's high. It's a seeing a shot. It's like that's a good shot, but that is not a good shot on the power play when you're trying to move. You're kind of expose the weaknesses of of the penalty killers. Like fuck. Yeah, I don't know what to do on the power play anymore other than, you know, well, set we it do. up set it up properly. We do. I mean, I, I would just like them to fucking try it. Study the Boston Bruins power play. You tell me you don't have a similar output of, you know, personnel. I guess you don't have somebody that can score the clip that Pasternak scores. You don't have anybody with the big shot, but you don't really even need a big shot on the power play anymore. You just need somebody who can snipe it, and Lindholm can snipe it. I mean, Johnny can dish it better than Marchand. Oh, well, one hundred percent. Johnny should be the most dangerous power play distributor in the in the league, and he probably would be if they had any proper setup. It's pissing me off, and the it's it's the the point usage. Like, I don't understand that. Why does everything have to fall through Rasmus Anderson? Because, like, that. yeah, like you, the Flames dominated five on five against the others. Uh, shot attempts, shot attempts 61 45, scoring chances 26 17, high yeah. danger chances at five on five, 13 for Calgary, five for Edmonton. Jeez, man, Edmonton wins because they can score in the power play. Was that's... the was the Perlini goal that was a duffer, wasn't it? That wasn't a very good goal. Markstrom kind of Markstrom didn't play well. Does he have a thing where he doesn't play well against Edmonton? Well, you know what? Like, okay, there's the the pet fan theory is that he is not a big game goalie. And okay. I kind of agree with that a little bit. Like has, is, has there been in these close games? Cause okay. He's got these shutouts, but it's like over the last little while, it's like he hasn't made the big save in the close games. Well, the team is always stunk in close games, but I'll, I'm, I'm not sure where I sit with that yet. Yeah. I'm, I am, hesitant to believe that kind of thing but um i don't know like man if you get if he could have made one of the saves the Koskinen made whether or not he fluked out um and used up all his years luck in that one game it'd probably win that game 
Like he probably he probably wants what two of those goals back, Perlini for sure. You got to stop one of the Bouchard shots. So, but that fucking game winning goal was a joke. Well, Drysdale absolutely blows around Tanov. That was kind of uncharacteristic. I didn't get it. Drysdale is good. He's playing well. Is that the one you're talking about? I'm talking about Paul Yarvi horse face interfering with Shillington. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, there was that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was absolute interference. Look at the replay. It was unbelievable. Dude, sh- dude like, full-on dropped his shoulder, and, like, I I don't know how. That's not incidental. Dude, horse face. You know what that is? What? That's an insult to horses. <laughs> it is. He looks like some sort of fucking, like, men in black. Like, he should, he should pull his skin <laughs> off, and he's an alien underneath, like, Jesus, he looks like a man in black character where he just he opens his mouth and keeps on opening yeah. and opening, and then a body comes out of the mouth, exactly. another body comes out of the mouth, right? Seriously, or he's kind of like that weird kid in like grade school who's like always licking his lips and like looks like it's like what is wrong with you? And every time you look over, he's looking at you. Yeah, and he's just like got boogers in his nose and like eats his boogers and shit. That's Pulley Arby. Who's the most annoying Oiler to score? Like, when the Oilers score on the Flames when you're playing them, what player annoys you the most? I think it's still McDavid. I don't know. Dry Settle's such a bitch. Yeah, I agree. It's McDavid number one. Yeah, but it's still McDavid. Stupid, it's just so annoying. Stupid face. Because then you got to hear about it, like, for fucking two weeks. But Pugliari's up there, man. Top three, right? Yeah. All right. So what was the special teams? Uh, the Oilers go what two for three, and the Flames go zero for three. Oh, I thought you had it on there. I'll pull it up. Just no, I, to think, I think I'm right. I think it's two for three, and well, you, you usually put that for in, three. in your thing. Yeah, no, Flames went one for two. What? Who got the? Oh yeah, the Hannafin goal was a power play. No, no, it was Lucic, wasn't it? Oh it. yeah, that was actually a sweet tip. So, okay, yeah, so Flames go one for two, or they just go two for three, but you dominate them five on five. Yeah, absolutely was, dominate them. What was the uh, expected goal percentage? Um, Flames win the expected goal 63.5 to the Oilers 36.5. So they had the puck all night. They were generating all kinds of chances. But that's what happens, you know, when you have a lack of scoring talent and – you can't score on the power play because that's Pretty, the, that's the through line through all four of these last games. And I mean, even extending back further is that they're still playing good five on five hockey. And every night we look at the stats and I was like, man, the flames had the puck all night and, you know, played really well. And they won the deserved win a meter and they still lost or they, they won two lost two. So you almost have a, have better luck winning a fucking lottery ticket than the fourth line chipping in. Jesus Christ, dude. So Brett Ritchie um, still has zero points. Again, like we say this a lot, but for other players, but this is another case is it's like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, I'm and genuinely I, curious what he does for this hockey. Genuinely team. curious. If you're managing this club, either coaching or a general manager, what value does Brett Ritchie bring is because he's tough. Cause I haven't seen him fucking act tough since he knocked out fucking Dujar Kara. Have you or in, in 
ever since he got punched out. Ever since he got nailed? No. Like, I mean, you look at you you look at it night after night, you look at the Shaw contributions. Like he's just absent. Like the I swear to God, the other night against uh St. Louis. I don't know how he even managed this, but he was the only player below 50% expected goals for on the flames. I don't know how he managed to pull that one off. No, the game seriously. Where the Blues had like 10 shots through like 56 minutes, but he did. And I mean, and against the Oilers, right? Like you, you look at, you know, pretty much everybody got their chances. Like Coleman was buzzing, you know, Johnny and Chuck were buzzing. Hannafin shooting a lot. Anderson blasting them all the time. Lucic, like Zadorov has three shots at five on five, and Richie has like one shot attempt. Like, what is that? Like, what is he doing for you? Like, why do you need Brett Richie playing seven minutes a night for you? Generating zero offense, not hitting anybody. Well, couldn't you bring in how hard would it be to replace him with a replacement level player? He's below replacement, so I'd say pretty, pretty easy. I mean, I've been liking Rajitska a little bit. We've seen it of him, except for tonight. He fucking his that first, fourth line was a fucking shit show tonight. His his first period is fine, but fuck, did he fall off after that? Wow. Daryl probably already has him like on a bus to Stockton. He's like, no, you don't even get a flight. You have to you have to be on a bus. To make him walk, eh? <laughs> I guess from St. Louis, it might be a little far, but anyways, that Oilers game is really frustrating. I know a lot of people are really pissed after that. I was so pissed. It's just like the thing that I, and I'm pissed again tonight. It's just like, it's so fucking clear that like, if this team had one or two more goal scores, they'd be so good. It's that simple. Before we move on from Edmonton, the, it's a done deal. They get a vendor can on a league minimum deal. No, it's like two. It's like two million dollars, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. What What is the contract? You know for sure. It's, I think it's one year, two mil. I'm gonna pull it up right now. And I think there's like a six hundred thousand dollar bonus on it. What's With, the bonus? What's the bonus for good behavior or something? It's like you don't get arrested. If you wear your mask. <laughs> right. Fuck. It's probably get a wears mask on the ice. That's part like, of the deal. And if you don't, if you're not wearing a mask, you got to wear one during the game. So, yeah. So it's like um, his total salary, it's mostly bonuses, actually. His base salary is league is like 750K. Okay. So that's what I was seeing. Okay. Yeah. And then the signing bonus is 625. It's a two year deal? It's a one year deal just for this year. One and year. A no, no move clause. All right. My biggest question. I mean, I know there's a lot of controversy around this, but my biggest question, I'm just going to keep it to hockey. Are the Oilers, Edmonton Oilers, in your opinion, your prediction, are they going to be better or worse with Evander Kane? Well, I think they could only, I don't think they could get any worse is the thing. It's kind of funny though, because and, I, and maybe this is two different schools of thought when it comes to hockey, the old and the, and the is the new school, like the opposite of old though. It's just kind of like you're missing the evolution. If you're still stuck in the old school, if you're looking at Kenny Holland, I mean, in the off season, we're just flames fans and NHL fans are just pissing themselves laughing at the moves he's making. Cause you're like that defense is horrendous. 
and you have the league's worst goaltending. And is that not what's sinking this ship? I mean, if you look at the highlights, and sure, Seikos going to get lit, gets lit up again. But you look at the defensive zone coverage on these goals, you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> that guy should have never – first goal tonight, it's like uh, – not Peter Forsberg, but Philippe Forsberg. He snipes one from the top of the circles. And, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a bit far out. But this guy's all alone. He do five Mississippis before he gets that shot off. So it's kind of funny that Holland's MO is just like more offense, more offense, more offense. Yeah, like why doesn't he sign a, why doesn't he get a D man? Like, oh man. Or a goalie uh, man. And that's what's weird, like you're saying, right? Like, isn't he supposed to be old school? And he's just like, nah. I guess his acquisition of Duncan Keith was kind of like what he thought <laughs> would be a good, good defense move. Well, that my the whole thing of old school is he's not there's zero analytics going into any of his decision making. Like is there even any like thought about like not even analytics, like is there any analytical thinking at all? Is there any <laughs> critical thinking? Like I didn't even I forgot they even had Cody CC. Like holy shit! Like that's a terrible D. So I don't know. Maybe Kane helps them win six three instead of five three when they win. I don't know. Helps them lose five four instead of yeah five three. <laughs> I mean, listen. Like I am all for chaos in Edmonton so I hope Kane is a wreck and he pisses Connor McDavid off and there's just some serious drama I hope it's a total nightmare for everybody all right let's move on so now let's go to St. Louis to 7-1 shellacking this was weird hey because you had it was Falk right making fun of Canada before he came in or some shit he was trashing Canada and like I get it I mean I don't necessarily disagree with him but he's talking shit about, oh, yeah, I can't get the fuck in and out of this place. Go back to the United States where there's more sanity with a seam. And I don't know. Did that fuel the guys at all? Or was the whole team just kind of that mindset? Let's just get in out of here. Let's make this quick. Like, they got fucking Dude, it, sh- it sure seemed like it. Like, honestly, like, that's the only explanation. Because, like, how I don't know how that, like, okay, the Flames played an amazing game. But, like. That's the St. Louis Blues, right? Like, they had the Flames had like 50 shots. They had like 40 shots before St. Louis had like 12. They absolutely embarrassed them, dude. So there was something weird going on. Like, they obviously were tapped out, or, um, I mean, look, credit to the Flames, but I mean, geez, the Flame, the St. Louis Blues had to be seriously like, uh, checked out for that kind of shit to happen. Craig Ruby is their coach. He probably would have beat them shitless. Oh, dude, dude, did you see his face, man? Yeah. He was fucking, looked like he was about to explode. Like, if that was Bruce Boudreaux, man, <laughs> he would have been redder than a tomato. Like, he, he, look, he looked dead. like his head was going to pop, dude. So, I mean, I think something like that, back-to-back, something had to play a factor because that was just like, have you seen a beat down like that before? Like, when's the last time the Flames beat a team that thoroughly that you remember? It's probably in 1819. I don't even remember like a specific game where I was like, holy shit, did they ever just get there? Did they ever feed that other team their lunch? Yeah, it would be typically like the Clay Coyotes or something. They were just when they sucked or some other struggling team. 
with the with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, not well, the Blues. Somebody said they were coming off a road trip. I'll look, but give us the the game stats on this one. Do we do we need to know or what, dude? Like when they score, it's just so much fun. Flames have forty eight shots. The Blues twenty one. Hey, the power play scored twice. That helped. Two for five on the power play. Blues go over two. The Flames had seventy one shot attempts at five on five. St. Louis had 22. 71 shot attempts? The Flames had 39 scoring chances at 5-on-5. Five five. The Blues had 10. <laughs> Dude, that was... Yeah, that, that was just The Flames bizarre, had man. 18 high-danger chances. St. Louis had 4. Expected goals for 82% to 18%. Like, dude. All right, so here's the deal. The, it was a back-to-back. They played in Vancouver the they night before. They played Vancouver the night before, yeah. But like, that's a three-game road trip with not very much travel. I wouldn't see them being that fucking tired. They're obviously clocked out. And I just mean, on a side, the building note, is the buildings are empty. It's a fucking drag, probably. Yeah, it's got to be weird, eh? If you're going from, if you're in the Blues, because who's in their division? I guess the Jets are in their division too, right? Mm-hmm. So they got one. They got one Canadian team in their division. So they're they're mostly used to full crowds. Yeah, it's got to be John. At least, at least Alberta's got fifty percent capacity. I mean, look at Ontario's got no one in the building. Zegers, yeah. Zegers scores the the Michigan, and dude, is that even the Michigan anymore? The guy didn't even fucking bend down. It was <laughs> just like God. Uh, like I'm a just fucking gonna, Jedi trick, dude. It's like, is it the Michigan? The, like when you're not even when you're completely standing up the whole time? Like this is a whole new level, dude. And then he celebrates with the crowd after Austin Matthews was given to the to the Canadian crowd, eh? The lack thereof. Atmosphere is great. Atmosphere is go really pump us up tonight. <laughs> Just on a on a side note, man, because I'm pulling this up the blue schedule. I'm on the NHL app and the top news. You know what it is? Not Zegers, probably. James Neal signed to Springfield. What? James Neal assigned. To oh man, he's gonna have the podiest Pody McPowderson pod fest ever. Why do I hate him so much? God, you know what? Hateable. I don't even hate, like. It is weird because like I, the hate should be funneled at dumbass Brad for signing him. But fuck, is he annoying? I think it's be. I think my hate. You know what? I didn't even hate James Neal until he pulled the shit when the whole stay off the tracks thing happened. True. And he was talking shit about Chucky. I think that's when my hate was like, yeah, fuck you. Well, as soon as he becomes an oiler, that's, that helps too, eh? And he, plus he's just what such he, he's, a loser. Memory becomes an oiler. He's just going off. He's got like nine, leading the, leading the league for the first three weeks. He's got like nine goals in three yeah, games like, or some shit. Uh, and he had that four-goal game and Lucic is like crying and wanting to retire. <laughs> Those are the days. Please. Oh, somebody tweeted today. I have to just throw this in there while I remember it. Somebody oh, was it Pike that tweeted it? Michael Backlund hasn't scored back to back goals. Like tonight was the first night in like since February of like 2020. And he life, scored eh? games in back to back game goals in back to back games. First time in his life, eh? Jesus Christ, dude. That tells you everything you need to know about the Calgary Flames scoring goals. So the blues go on the on the board first. Zadorov with an absolute fucking oh. snipe. That was sick. Dude, the gets- guy's got a cannon. 
He's been, dude, he's the best. Other than tonight, we'll just, we'll ignore tonight. And he was probably the best defenseman over the last, the previous three games. Well, I was going to say best defenseman, but he's our best Shooter. offensive. Offensive. Dude, I, I swear to God, he is honestly the best offense. Like, even the way he carries the puck is better than. Yeah. He skates well with it. Yeah. Like, he has good instincts, surprisingly, for having like no offensive impact when you play at all. He has offensive instincts. Why isn't he on the five on three? Dude, you'll never see him on the power play. Like, people would lose their minds. That's the thing that I don't get is, like, I get losing your mind over Cabranson sometimes, but I don't know how we became the Nikita's Girl Fan Club ringleaders. Like, he's been like, – he did you see him against St. Louis? He looked like Bobby Orr. God, he was carrying the puck. Dude, he did. sniping top corner. He's dancing. Like, fucking look great. Legit. Look like Bobby Orr. Who wins in a foot race? Him or Anderson? <laughs> Easily Zadorov. Like, dude, it's not even close. All day long, it's Zadorov. Why isn't he on the PP? You're telling me Johnny, if he Johnny lays one on a platter for him, he's not blasting that through the goalie's face. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Tanov gets on the board. This is all Johnny, though. I mean, hey, great job for Tanov to sneak in there and and but my God, Johnny was like he was on another planet. He did what he didn't need. What okay, usually he's got eyes in the back of his head. What was he was like on drugs with eyes in the back he of his head? He was like on DMT or some shit. And he had, was like, Yeah, he was like DMT when you see those psychedelic pictures where it's just eyeballs. That yeah. was that was Johnny Gaudreau. He had like a hundred eyeballs, yeah, a hundred of them. It was Lind- wild. Lindholm gets on the board, another primary from Johnny. Well, and like you said this before, like this year, like these aren't even like primary assists. Yeah, these right. are like the guy doesn't even have to do anything like that. Lindholm goal, dude, like that's the easiest goal he's ever scored in his life. And I mean, it's a good play by Lindholm, but same with Tanev. Like these are like, and he leads the league in primary assists. But again, they're not even like primary assists. They're like he may as well have the goal attributed to him because it's like you couldn't miss that unless you're Brett Ritchie. It's just incredible. I mean, you would usually compare it to like, oh, those are tap-in goals. Yeah. But they're not because they're he's not on the power play. These are like five. He's getting a little shit ton of five on five primaries, man. Like that Tanev goal. Well, dude, the I think the Lindholm goal was my favorite goal this week because like he just fuck he just he knows when to go and just he creates. Oh man, he's just so fun to watch when he's going. Monahan makes a four one with a PPG. I can't remember the goal. Can you? I'm trying to remember if he tipped it or if he shot it. No, this is actually a shot. He doesn't Chucky uh, just feed him a nice pass and he buries it. That was a classic. Oh no! Fuck! Holy shit! Yeah, you're this right. was a this was a classic Johnny Damani. No, no, this is Chucky when Chucky does. I just watched it. Chucky catches it and puts it down real quick. Finds Monty in the slot and Monty just buries. He scored two goals in this game. No. What the fuck am I thinking of? When's that goal he scored? That sweet like breakaway little goal. Maybe you're thinking of Columbus. The breakaway goal, that was a while ago, dude. Was it? Oh, where fuck. I'm way... The guy out. Yeah, I'm way back. Coleman gets on the Florida. board. Coleman gets on the board. It's a great goal. That's what you need from Blake Coleman because he's not going to score with his sniping ability. No, he gets a little greasy one. Eh? Goes to the net hard. Yeah. Finishes off. Oh, dude, he out-muscled that guy. Yeah, that you need awesome. more of that shit. That was a that, great goal. Yeah, that's why I don't know. Like, I feel like I always thought Backlund and Coleman to be like this great duo, but like, I don't know, man. Like, I think no, 
<laughs> if you had somebody who could hit the fucking net and get some, generate some rebounds and actually have a like have a guy who can shoot the puck and hit the net, like that's where Coleman's good is. You know what? Like after watching him for the last thirty games, like I thought his goal scoring ability was going to be like, yeah, he's a sniper, he can bury stuff, but it doesn't seem to be his skill set. He's a greaser. And he's got to get those greasy goals. You need somebody to get the puck to the net for him. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially if you got Monty and Bonnie and their greaser, right? Yeah. Razitsky yeah. gets his first. Or no, it's the second. This is second setup. Like, man. That was a sweet goal. Eh? That Holy so, fuck. That was so sweet. Johnny, was it Johnny kept, keeps it on the board? No, Razitska. Johnny to Chucky to Razitska. Yeah, he oh. made a good play on the boards, though, there. I just watched it. It was so nice. Oh, boy. Yeah, those games are so much fun, dude. We went just like goal after goal after goal. That's what it was like the whole year that one year, but fuck that shit, right? Yeah. Didn't want to do that. You saw what happened. Johnny Gidrow scores a goal, has three assists, four points, four shots, eight shot attempts, two scoring chances. God knows how many, like... Even, you know what, even in the Oilers game, like, I'm just, like, he's on another planet this year. It's just, like, he makes shit happen every single time he has the puck. He looks, I don't know, man. He looks just as good as he ever has. But there's something kind of different, too. He's, like, he's... that sweet contract. He's doing it more poised than I've ever seen him do it before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's making it look easy. There was a play, yeah. There's a play against the Oilers. I'll probably describe it terribly, but it's kind of a broken play. But he like barely beats a guy to the puck. Like he just makes nothing, something out of nothing, and he just like pulls it in. Like he shouldn't be able to make a play, and he just creates a scoring chance. Just like it's unbelievable. Johnny's been unbelievable. Chucky's also been unbelievable. Manji Pontier has 19 goals. These, these all three players, these are arguable. Obviously, the two are not arguable. They're your two best players, but arguably, you know, three, this is a three of your top five players don't have contracts next season. How worried should we be? What is going to happen? I know the art, the athletic put an article out there. You read it. Tell us about that. What do you think is going to happen here? I don't know, man. Like, because I think this kind of goes back. Like, remember when Kachuk wouldn't sign? Not, no, he wouldn't sign him. But like the first time, he kind of held out back before the 2019 season. Like that was stressful, and I remember we weren't particularly pleased with the result. No, like we, I, it was like, holy fuck, can we just get this over with? Type thing, but we weren't happy with the deal because we knew that this is what it was going to lead to. Like we wanted him locked up long-term. Yep. Which I mean, that's hard to do, but I mean, it's a lot harder to do when you're capped out and can only give the guy $7 million as Brad Living was and did. So we didn't really set himself up for success. So I don't know. I think the, the Kachuk one to me is the biggest like hand ringer because like you can get Manjapani done. I think. And, like, let's be honest, if you just give Johnny Gaudreau what he wants, I think he'll be inclined to stay. 
Like he's at an age where he's, he can, he's going to make more money on his next contract. But like you look at what the situation get chucks in where it's like, he set himself up to hit unrestricted free agency in like not even the prime of his, like the absolute pinnacle and just like cash out wherever he wants. It's pretty incredible that he's been able to do this and gain like all the leverage. Like the flames have what leverage do the flames have with Matthew Chuck right now? Like none. Right, oh, they made him their captain. Oh no! Wait, they didn't. No, no, no. Why would you do that? No, that wouldn't make any fucking sense at all. Because I mean, what is what I think is becoming like increasingly apparent is that you're probably going to be really hard pressed to sign Gaudreau and Kachuk long term. You can probably sign one of them long term. Yeah, but Brad Tree Living, this is she's so good at our, you know, re-signing his home players. That's like <laughs> so good at it. That and, and drafting, he's so good at because that. like, dude, like people like keep saying, like, oh, you can get draw at eight and a half million, probably. Like the dude is gonna score a hundred points this year. There's no way in hell you're getting him at eight and a half million on a like I don't think so. And the cap isn't going up for a few years. Well, you kind of need uh, fans in the building and you know money coming in and shit. So, like, I I don't see any way. And, I mean, again, like, Kajak has all the negotiating power, right? So, I don't think – do you see him signing, like, an eight-year deal right now? What did Brady sign? Brady did sign an eight-year He signed a max deal. Well, maybe he wants to outdo his brother. Look, we know Matthew likes it here, but you threw this out there today. I mean, and here's my other point is like, if you're Matthew Kachuk, what is your number one priority? A guy like him? Look, not all players are like this, where they're wired, where their number one priority is not necessarily winning a Stanley Cup. They're, they're okay if they're making good money and they're, you know, playing competitive hockey and they're on a good team. Matthew Kachuk needs to win us down the cup. Now, if you're Matthew Kachuk and you're looking at what's happening on this team, I don't know what's going to happen in the off season. How do you make this team better? Does Brad even do anything to make this team better this season? Well, Sounds like he's looking he at Ben sign. fucking, he's looking at Ben fucking Sherratt right now. Is that not the most Brad shiving thing? Are you surprised that he's looking at more depth defensemen? No, we're not surprised, but yet it still doesn't get any less frustrating. It gets more frustrating. Yes, it does. Because look gets, at the con- it does even get other- a little more frustrating. It's like fucking com- It's like a compounding yeah. frustration. Well, because now you have this other issue with kitchen with Chucky, right? It's just like, does he, is he going to want to stay? Is my question. And I mean, well, to me again, this, yeah, you threw this out there today. What if? The mandates don't ever change here in the next till summertime. And let's say the states are opened wide up, but Canada's not. What effect is that going to have on free agency? Seriously. And no, seriously, like I think it's a valid concern because Frank Cervelli heard him talking to the guys on 960, and they were talking about like JT Miller and a few guys who like could be traded the deadline and Frank Cervelli said, like, I think he was talking about, like, a valid concern. Not even concern, but, like, a valid, uh, like, he was bringing this up as something that he 
thinks is probably pretty true is like, if given the choice, a lot of these guys, American or not, at the trade deadline, if they have control of where they go, they don't want to go to Canada right now. Well, you can't do anything. You don't have, you're not playing in front of fans. Well, whereas, if you're, you're JT a... Miller, imagine you're JT Miller, you're from the States, and Vancouver says, okay, um, we know that uh, Toronto is not on your no tra- is on your no trade list, but we have a deal in place with them, so we can send you to Toronto or also uh, St. Louis is interested. Like you think no, he's no going to go to Toronto? Like it's gonna it's a no brainer for any, especially if you're American. Like no, chance. well it it does seem that way. That the Americans have a different apparent uh, opinion about this. I mean, look at Matthews, his comment. I mean, it's tongue in cheek, but at the same time, it's like it's pretty apparent. He thinks it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, Justin Falk says that. Um, he's Canadian. No, no, he's he's American. <laughs> so, and then you have Zegras doing the salute to the crowd. It's kind of like if it hurt me, and we're dealing with two American. We're two of our top American players here, uh, Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau. I don't know. I don't see how it doesn't play into their decision making factor. If if it is if if that is the case, where the United States has opened up relative to what we experience in Canada, come free agency or even trade deadline, as you're suggesting, I think it plays a big factor. I personally well, do. the biggest factor for Kachuk is the timeline, right? Like he okay, number one. He has all the leverage in the world because he's had he's gonna he's having a career year. He's this team's top player, if not second best player. Um, he has himself set up where he has a qualifying offer that he can take. That's a nine million dollar qualifying offer. Um, so factor into that the short term future of this team, not knowing where that's at, like. This seems to be heading to a one-year deal with Matthew Chuck, whether or not it's through arbitration or through him just accepting his qualifying offer, which walks him to UFA, which gives him everything he wants because he walks to UFA and can cash in and go wherever he wants, and he can see if this team is in a win- in a spot to you know be a winner the next year. Like I, I think that's where this is. That's where this looks like it's heading. So, again, we always do these two scenarios. What would you do to sign all three of these guys? How would you break it down? I think you have to buy out Sean Monahan at this point. Well, or if you, you'd taken care of this two years ago, this wouldn't be an issue, but whatever. Um, I mean, he is increasing his trade value, per se, but you're still going to have to retain salary if you don't want a, sh- a shitty contract. The good back. news is Andrew Mangiapane is slowing down. Damn, shit. Maybe that was the uh is Brad was just like, yo, put Monge with uh with Backlund for a while and uh make sure he plays a lot with uh Monahan and just cool this off a little bit here. Um I don't know. To me, I think the easiest one to get done is Monge. Well, I don't know, because the RFAs with Kachuk and uh Monge, they're the tougher ones because of the the fact that the cap has not the influx of cash has not come yet, right? Like, I don't think you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys who are RFAs signing, like, big deals, given that the U.S. uh, TV deal money hasn't kicked in, the cap hasn't gone up. 
like theoretically there will be a lot more money on the table in the coming years. Maybe not if like the world ever gets back to normal. But if you're an RFA right now and you're of Kachuk and Manjapani's age, you probably want to wait this out and stick to short-term deals for now. So, so like on in theory, probably the easiest one to get done would be Kadrow and just get him locked up and then work from there. Um, I think ideally you'd want to get Kachuk done first because like for me, like if you had to choose right now, you, you probably have to if you if if you were presented with identical eight year deals, you probably have to sign Kachuk to an eight year deal over Gaudreau. Don't you just give an age and uh, value over the next eight years? I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right, but but I think I think that's that's irrelevant because that's not what not is what's going to happen. I think Johnny is the first uh, first guy you need to get taken care of. Well, and for that reason, because I think you're right. If 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 you sign Kachuk first, then Johnny's going to probably want something close to what Kachuk has. Yeah, and, and also, yeah, going to pay more than you might have to. Right? The easiest way out of this is to give Gaudreau whatever he wants, nine and a half mil a year per whatever, and then unfortunately get Kachuk signed to his qualifying offer, and then maybe get Manjapani on a three-year deal or something. And then it's, it's going to be dicey as fuck. And you got to dump Monahan or Backlund. And can we buy a Lucic at the end of the season? Um, you can, but I don't think there's cap savings still. So we got one more, got one more season. <laughs> <Lucic>. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. Eh? Yeah. It is dicey. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if you, if you broke it down, if you left Monahan on the roster, I think that leaves you with, and I mean, conservative, like Haley was, I think her numbers on Gaudreau are conservative. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm off, but I feel like eight and a half isn't enough for Gaudreau, given his current, like, there's rumblings that Philly is, like, dying to get him now. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, given the fact that they're having the shittiest season ever and their fans are pissed if they didn't, like, go balls to the wall and give, like, if Johnny Gaudreau got to unrestricted free agency, offer him, like, an insane contract. So, I don't know, like, I think, Johnny Gaudreau is should be, might be, will be making upwards of nine million dollars a year. So let's say in Haley's article, she pegged him at eight and a half. I'll just bump that up to nine and a half. Let's see you sign Chuck to his nine mil. Hey folks, we'll get back to the show in just a moment. Just gotta fit in a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. But just five bucks and get 280 bucks in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet or you're in Canada, you can still get in on the action with daily fantasy football contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just 5 bucks and win 280 bucks in free bets if your team wins. Promo code is THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You gotta be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. There's a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And somehow you get Monjapani locked up, like maybe $5 million. That's what Haley has pegged here. That gives you like 8 million 
and change to re-sign Shillington and fill out um, four other pl- – six – holy shit, fill out seven other players, $8 million. Not Not great. So, given all this, now put on your now your brat you're living. You've seen this guy how he operates, and what do you think will happen? Well, given give, that, give it's us like your it, most probable fucking thing that Brad will do. I think he gets all three of them done, and but with the caveat that probably I feel like Kachuk probably gets gets a short term deal, like one just gets the one year deal, and that'll be a major fuck up because then we'll lose him the next year. Because I just don't know if he has any other way out of this, unless Kachuk is just like totally ready to jump on board with this team for the next six to eight years. Dude. But I'm a little skeptical. Why well, I mean, hey, he was ready. He was totally was. You say, yo, Gio's gone. You're the captain. He was ready. He was ready three years ago. Three years ago, he would have signed for fucking but three years, bro. Dumb dumb couldn't figure out how to dump for a leak and was fresh off his nice little James Neal signing and had no cap space. So I, I see it for a similar situation working out with Chuck this year where it's like we ha- we can't do anything else other than just get him for the short term. I hope I'm wrong. Like it would be a colossal failure. I, I don't know how Brad Living has a job unless it's quite clear Johnny Gaudreau doesn't want to play here and walks in, in free agency. Like, if Mangiapane, Gaudreau, and Kachuk aren't on this team next year, like, how can you, if you're an owner of this team, how do you let that go with, with Brad Living? Like, that's a fuck-up of epic proportions, especially when you're in, supposedly in this window to win. And from all accounts... Goudreau and Kachuk are two of the best players in the league right now and probably going to finish top 10 in scoring both of them. Well, this is why we're saying, why didn't you get Eichel? Yeah, like now's the time. Like you're at the end. This is it. This is it. Like you have, fuck, I don't know. It would have been easier to sign both Johnny and Chucky on the fucking all-star American, the best American line of all time. That's all I got to say. Yeah. All right, before we move back to the games, I wanted to throw this at you because this is kind of funny. 18 former Flames are heading to Beijing. <laughs> so, okay, so how long? I guarantee you, what's the over-under that Brad signs at least one of the defensemen who is heading to the Olympics who used to play for the Flames? But here's my thing. 18 former Flames are heading to Beijing. Does that not sum up Bradshaw living right there? Let me read you some of these names. All right, you got uh, for Canada, Corbin Knight. I don't even know who that is. Ben Street. That's a a, uh, Jay Feaster special right there, Corbin Knight. Okay, and Ben Street, who's that? He was a minor leaguer a long time ago. Tyler Wartherspoon, I sure know who that is. Can you play like one game? Who, who do we uh, pass up on? Was it pass or knock or something like that? Dude, you, I mean, you're going to fucking kill yourself. We took other spoon one pick before Nikita Kucherov. That was 2011. Yeah. Oh my God. Just, you know what? We just end the podcast forever on that. That'll be the last thing we ever say right Jay there. Jay Feaster, thinking too much, bud. This is all you need to know if you're a Flames fan for the rest of your life. That's it. That sums it up. 
Okay, moving over to China. Spencer Fuzzi. I mean, he did get Johnny Gaudreau on that draft too, so. Well, thank God. Imagine if he hadn't. Seriously. China, Spencer Fu is going to play for China. It's kind of cool. Uh, Roman Chervenka. Oh, shit. You remember Chervenka? Along with Michael Frolik is going to play for Chechia. I don't get it. Like, Frolik's not good enough to play in the NHL. He's fucking better than our bottom six. Exactly. You're telling me he's not better than Brett fucking Ritchie? Oh, man. Come on. Not even close. Dude, everybody on this Olympic list is better than Ritchie. Anyways. Finland, uh, Marcus Granland. Granny, like granny, like money. Like granny, like granny was like real. You know what? Didn't Tree Living, who the fuck did he get for Granland? Didn't he? Oh, no, that was a you know, that was a useless trade. Shin Carrick for Granland. Oh, yeah. That guy's really good. Hunter? He's probably, hunting. He's probably hunting right now. Eh? Didn't play an NHL game. All right, your boy from Germany. Tobias Reer. Dude, you're telling me Reader's not better than Richie? Oh, dude, I would take Reader over our fourth line all I'll day. I'll take day. Reader over everybody in the bottom six right now. Just sign Reader for leak. Seriously. Get it done. I wouldn't even be surprised if he does, actually. So. David Wolf, who's that? No, it's the first oh, yeah, it player. is David Wolf. I remember him. The Wolf, I remember that. The, he was supposed to be really good. I mean, suck. I'm getting this off Flames Nation, by the way, so... Credit to them, but uh, David Wolf was the first player signed by True Living after he became the GM in 2014. That's your first signing, but there you go. He's probably real proud, eh? Brad, you got the keys to this franchise. Here you Brad, go. Do us a favor. Now let's implement your vision here. Who do you want? Who? Let's go after some guys. David Wolf. Excuse me, who? <laughs> David Wolf. Yeah, no, seriously, he's a uh, he's an up and comer. Uh, yeah, I got to build that depth. He'll play right alongside uh, Tyler Waterspoon. Brad, do us a favor. Go to China to watch all your little homeboys and just exactly. don't come back. Literally, just don't come just back. Stay there. Why don't you go manage the Canadian Olympic team? Is he married yet? He can go marry like a five-foot Chinese lady and just have at her and never come back to Canada. <laughs> They're going to have Alexander Yelishin from the Russian Olympic Committee. they got to keep changing the name because they cheat every year, hey? No, Dude, we're not. I swear to God. We're Dude. not. Hey, we're not Team Russia. Okay, it's not. There's no cheat. There's now Russian Olympic Committee. Dude, I like how like it's different. Like Team Russia is like the IOC is a criminal organization, and it's like to like break IOC rules is like being like the biggest dick in the mafia or something. Like that's fucked up. Wouldn't it be weird though if like okay, legit? And hey. Growing up playing games, I never cheated because I tried that a few times. It didn't actually feel good when you won by cheating. So I, I learned at a young age. Like, I know I, I got a cousin who, when we used to play games, he would cheat till he was like 18. Probably still does. What kind of games are you playing? Like dominoes and oh. cards, you know, just like things that people used to do before everybody spent. You know, 24 hours a day on fucking some sort of screen. Back in the day when life was a little simpler, hey, growing up in the 80s and 90s. I'd lay on my floor in like my Flames jersey and like watch the same three Don Cherry VHSs for like two years. I'll tell you, uh, if anybody's listening and they want to 
get a sense of how old I am. Like, I guess I'm getting old now. That's, that's how it works. But my bro and I, we grew up playing hockey in the rec room downstairs, blasting. I guess it was a few versions after Jock Jams, but, you know, in and around Jock Jam era. Blasting Jock Jam stuff with Don Cherry, Rock'em Sock'em on a VHS playing. Dude, like kids don't understand how fucking awesome Don like those Rock'em Sock'ems were. Oh fuck, those are epic. Like the hit montages were like, oh. like that's honestly that's how you used to get like. I lived in the country too, so even when you could get uh, have access to the internet, I didn't. So that's how you get like your highlight packages for the year and like watch guys score goals and shit. Is like all those Don Cherry montages. You watch yeah, the, the goalie save epic. montage, the best goals of the year. I still think the best goal I've ever seen that I always remember from the Don Cherry one is Yammer Yager's on a breakaway. And he gets like, like six guys drag him down. Yeah, and he gets like dragged down, literally pulled down to his ass, still shoots, guy saves it, puck bounces up in the air, and he smacks it in out of on midair his on his ass with like seven guys on him. It's incredible. No, I got to go with the Lemieux goal where he dangles through like six guys. Was it Hartford? Yeah, that's pretty good. Fuck, that was epic. So he's always, you know, how it's always six guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where I come up with six guys from, but anyways, the Russian Olympic Committee, this is quite a tangent. Yeah, sorry. Any more you want to say about the Russians? No, other than <laughs> these are two guys who both played on our team last year. This is not even that old. The, both of these players played for the Flames in the defense core last season. Um, they're saying here on Flames Nation that Yellison, the Flames technically still have his retain, still retain his rights. <laughs> Great, he'll be our big free. So Yellison and Nesterov. Remember when Nesterov did Christ. one good thing? Last Dude, year if... he punched uh, McDavid in the face. And yeah, that him. was good. That was like the only thing. It was the only memory I have of Nesterov. Dude, last season is just like oh, it's like I had a terrible dream. From Slovakia, you have Marik Hrivik. No clue who that is. Yeah, I don't think he ever played a game for the Flames. But here we go. Your two buddies from Sweden. Uh, Oscar Fantenberg. And- hey! And your all-time favorite Flame ever, Joachim Nordstrom. Hey, he's good. He played in Boston. Hey, he's really hey. good. You got. Well, why are you complaining about hey, Nordstrom? He's an so exceptional good. penalty killer. Great, Great penalty killer. Fantenberg, our big. Uh, I didn't even know he was Swedish. Big I don't know what I thought he was. Eh? Big, big deadline, deadline acquisition when we were first in the fucking league. We're Oscar Fantenberg away from winning the cup, guys. All we need is this guy from Sweden. Oscar Framberg. He's going to take us to the next guy. Third pairing guy from Vancouver to replace Shillington. Oh, you need the the depth. It's the the depth that will help you win the championship. That's all it is. All right. Switzerland. Rito Berra. Come on. How old is this guy? He's 35. That makes me feel old. Isn't he like the go-to guy that everybody throws out there as the, you know, weird, obscure Calgary Flame that someone randomly remembers? Rito Berra. Retro Biro. Who called? Was that Don Cherry? They called him that. I have got a lot of Don Cherry references. Somebody called him Retro Biro. Probably must have been it. <laughs> Rafael Diaz. Oh, Here, Kenny Agostino from the United <laughs> States. That Jerome McGinley trade. 
Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. It just keeps on. It's it's like when you watch those uh, trade trees from um, what's his nuts? Steve Dangle. Steve Dangle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kenny Agostino <laughs> still going. Mm-hmm. And Nick Shore. There you go. Oh, Nick Shore. Our other big deadline acquisition was that the year before. That's like a. That's just, yeah. Great deadline. That's yeah, our real rememberable. I'm guy. pretty sure that's the only forward Brad has ever traded for at the deadline. I don't even know who he is, or if I know he's not Drew Shore. And that's all I know about Drew or Nick Shore. So yeah, fucking know you know his name. There's your 18 former flames heading to Beijing. Brad, go with him and don't come back. All right, Columbus, 6-1, absolute domination smackdown. Do you even want to go through that? Is there any point? It's just it was an utter domination, folks. You know, you watched. 62 shots. Uh, franchise record. That's crazy, man. Gabranson got his first. Dude, he was good in that. Like he was great yeah, he in was. that game. He was great. <laughs> he was great. Like, that goal was even sweet. A little toe drag, a walk the line, snipe. Is this the one where Chucky had the toe drag? Fuck yeah, that was dude. Nice. That, okay, I said the Linehan goal is my favorite goal. That's my favorite goal in probably the past like five years. Yeah, because even Gaudreau just fell. Even the way. pass is just incredible. Oh. Johnny's on the back check, back pressures, like kind of just steals the puck, draws like two guys toward him while he's skating backwards his own blue line, fucking lasers, a, like just lasers a sauce pass up to Chucky at the other blue line, and then just walks in toe drag snipe. Holy cow, that was sweet. Oh, man, Chucky's got 20 now. Hey, he's got as many as Sam Bennett. Hey, they're just as good. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I man, I think people are dreaming if they think Johnny Gaudreau's not getting over nine million because he was crazy good in that game. Why don't you Pawnee and Backlund find the back of the net? Why don't you Pawnee was a bit of a little snake he's, bit there for he's a bit. He's still in kind of snake. And that's the thing with him, right? Like, he's never been in. That's why it was so crazy at the beginning of the year. It was like, fuck, he's finally found a scoring touch because that was always the thing, right? It's like dude had like 15 scoring chances and has 10 goals or one goal, right? Finishing. He's never been a strong finisher. And I think we're starting to see that again, that that shooting percentage has come back to earth, but Holy shit. Is it nice to see it? He's got to get off the Schneid. Yeah. Markstrom, I thought was great early on in that game. Yeah. Cause they, they could have been, Tied up a couple times, like he, like he shut it down. Merzlikin was playing good too, but Marky <laughs> shut it down. Let him walk away with it. Merzlikin's had like a nine hundred save percentage, but also let in six goals. That's how many shots the Flames had. No way, that's yeah. nuts. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to include from the Columbus game? That was just fun to watch. Oh, no, that's a fun. Like, yeah, you didn't even have to hear the cannons go off. That just takes you back to. 2018, 2019, when it was like that every night, and it was just like, man, I like watching hockey. What a fun time. That's one of those games if you're in Columbus. Fuck, is that a terrible game to go to, man? Yeah, sometimes I feel bad for small market teams when they get shellacked. Like, I I always imagine, like, case tonight is like somebody's first hockey game as a Blue Jackets fan. And kid. They just got like they're never gonna go to another one. <laughs> Ever. My 
one of my favorite things from this is this, I think was the pregame from St. Louis, but it's after this Columbus game. Backlund is starting to starting to pitch in here. And Daryl goes, Yeah, he's been better. He has to be better. We can't have guys playing 15 to 18 minutes a night with three or four goals, especially at the center position. You can say that again. He's a good player and he has to produce. You can say that again. Holy fuck. Hallelujah. Wow. What a take, eh? Like your players who are paid to score goals need to score goals. Oh, I just thought I could just play, you know. It's crazy how the coach defense can see that. all year long. And the GM can't see that. And he's out trying to get Ben Chirot. Ben Chariot. Dude, like, ben. I, th- I, I bet they're going to get Chirot, man. Fuck. Like I would be, I would be surprised if they don't. I think Lindholm's hurt, man. Because wasn't he one of the guys who was kind of like out for more maintenance day during the whole COVID thing or something? I don't remember. Yeah, he had a hard time. But something's nagging with him. It feels like he has. He hasn't. He seemed a little bit off. He's yeah. still pitching in, but he seemed he's has seemed off since. Like then. you can tell with the Flames because a lot of they have to be hard on the forecheck. He hasn't been. As effective, and I'm, I don't know. He, he's been good, but he hasn't looked himself. And what do you think happened tonight? It kind of looked like he jammed his arm or something or his neck. Well, it looked like it was his shoulder. But, yeah, the, it was kind of an awkward. It could have been a little burner, but he didn't come back in the third, I don't think. What's your take on this whole Jacob Markstrom starting tonight thing? All right, my question to you is, is Daryl overthinking the goaltending thing? Because whenever he's made an obscure decision, it's like, yeah. okay, well, why is he going to him again? It's never – he's like 0 for, what, 5 now on the season? Any obscure decision, he's been 0 for. Well, and every time Markstrom plays back-to-back, it's been like, yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. So apparently Francis asked Sutter about this, and – uh, about the decision to start Markstrom and Sutter said he hasn't had much work. We didn't play for a month. We get four days off in a few days. The other guy hasn't won for a month. Pretty easy trying to win hockey games. wasn't a hard decision. So I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to get him reps in before the all-star break because they've had a lot of time off. Don't know. I don't, I don't really agree with the reasoning that like, Oh, Vladar hasn't won in a month because okay, well then, he still is going to have an, not have won in a month when you have to go to him. So why not go to him earlier? I don't know. I've seen enough good play from Vladar all season that. Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't see any reason for him not to play tonight. And I mean, you could tell Markstrom wasn't very good tonight at all. Like regardless, even if he's not, doesn't get much action, he's still standing there for 60 minutes. Like you don't want you to rather be active. It's probably tiring to stand there watching fucking your team dominate six nothing, because you're gonna stand the whole fucking time. Yeah, I I, I don't get it. Like I uh, he his his goaltending choices have so far, other than the one time. Yeah, that's right. The one time he did back to back flitter and that worked out. That worked out. That was the only time it worked. I guess he's not over, but it's got a pretty low percentage. Anyways, good goal from Backlund that I had to tie it up early. I thought that maybe they're going to make a game out of it. And well, they kind of did, but they just couldn't score, and their power play sucked. Well, 
what was it? Like, it was like in the first period, Chucky is blown it wide. Like he was in oh, tight dude. He three gets or that, four times. Yeah, he gets that one chance on the power play where it comes to him and he fucking puts it in like row 10. <laughs> Fuck. What is he Again. doing? Is he trying to impress Keith a little too much? He's trying to impress the, the hometown. Jeez Louise. Fans, huh? You had the deserve to win a mirror. This is interesting. 60%. You replay that 60% of the time. The Flames deserve, deserve a better outcome. Well, what the Flames outchanced out them high danger 10 to 4 at 5 on 5, right? Like 5 on 5. They were fine 5 on 5 tonight, but some bad coverage by like, geez, that bottom six, dude. Like the first goal, I don't know. Monahan's out to lunch. Gabranson's out of brutal. position. That's maybe Markstrom probably should have stopped that, but that's a good shot. I mean, second second goal again. Monahan, what are you doing? Anderson is way too slow on that play. Um, dude, Gabranson got work tonight. Like, holy shit! So I don't know. Some of the guys, some of the more veteran guys, and I mean that bottom six got eaten alive tonight. Dude, the fourth line was getting crushed, like just wrecked. And I mean, that's kind of it's a bummer because the second line, the back line is finally starting to come come to play. They were good tonight. They get a goal, and but the bottom six just sunk you. Like Monahan had a bad game after having like two or three strong games. Lucic was terrible. Dubé, oh man, like, that one shift. By oh jeez, I know it. Like the penalty. Everybody's ripping on Rosicka. But like the fuck, yeah, Lucic turnover penalty shift was brutal. And then the the back to sucking power play goes over three. Again, it just always comes back to this power play. Like, well, it didn't even look good, man. At it's all, just like it's losing you games because some like you're overcoming your deficiencies in your forward ranks somehow. Like even though your bottom line got eaten alive. You're still outchancing the Blues five on five by a pretty significant degree tonight, and your power play just sucked. Really sucked, dude. Um, you sent me this. Mike Gould put this up. This is pathetic, dude. When lead, this is a leading and trailing statistic. When the Calgary Flames are trailing after two. Periods. They are zero and eight. They haven't even they haven't even forced overtime. I think it's zero and nine after tonight, probably. Uh, probably after tonight, yeah. yeah. They're the only team in the league who hasn't been able to win a game after trailing after two. And I mean sorry. that's a that's a little inflated because I mean sorry they, sorry they have won they've forced overtime once but they have never won yeah they haven't won so they they've. They haven't trailed as much, right? So the sample size is a little bit skewed there. Like you look at the other teams, like I think is it Anaheim that's up there? They've trailed a ton and been able to win at least once. Maybe it's Montreal. But still, like that's a huge problem. And I mean, that's that to me gives me PTSD, Daryl Sutter PTSD, because they can't score. That's a problem. But it also their system isn't particularly conducive to uh, coming back in the later stages of games. No. So once uh, they get behind, they're kind of fucked. Right? Yeah, because the then the other team can just tighten it up. And right? it's not like back with Bill Peters. It's like, oh yeah, we get, we're down by four in the third. Like fucking green light, go. Let's 
Like, oh, we're down by we're down by three yeah. going in the third. We're probably gonna win this. this is <laughs> like, so like this is gonna be fun. Um the uh the number two, because we have a zero percent winning, a zero winning percentage yeah. when when trailing by two. Montreal is second worst in the league with 0.37. They've had 23. Oh, boy. When trailing. Holy fuck. So, I mean, the good news is we're not trailing that often. The bad news is if we're trailing, we are not winning. Well, this is starting to become the thing is like halfway through the game. If you're winning, you're probably going to win. If you're losing, you're probably going to lose. If you're tied, could be a toss-up. Which is like, it's a going to be a problem for this team because like okay i don't mean to go all old timer on you but like the game i remember is evident the most of this is game seven in 2006 against the anaheim ducks where they lost three nothing claims one of the best teams in the league that year they won the division they played a very similar style the flames are playing now relied heavily on their star players great goaltending incredible defense seriously one of the best five on five teams in the league game seven comes around they got down like two nothing, and they couldn't fucking score. It didn't matter that their system was great. It didn't matter that they were grinding the ducks out. They couldn't get a goddamn goal when they were behind and they were eliminated. So that's where these things get like, okay, this needs to be straightened out because yeah, I, I think similar with the Oilers game, right? It's like everyone was like, Oh yeah, well, you played well. You know, you won the deserved to win a meter, you owe chance them, you played well five and five. It doesn't mean shit in a game seven playoff game. When you lose and you're done. Yeah. Brad's got a like who's on Philly? Well, I guess Drew is on Philly. Apparently he might be available. Fuck dude. Brad would never be able to make that happen. No. How much does he make though? A lot. Maybe but you got it. You know how you always see these like Jeff Carter at the end of his career? Yeah, exactly. You he needs to do one or two of those. Or who was it? It was remember Nyquist, he was having like a you know, twenty plus goal season. Somebody scooped him up for the for the stretch. I think it was was it the I can't remember who it was, but he's gonna have to add one or two pieces and don't get another fucking D man. I he get another. Oh man, I don't know how he's gonna do Dude, this. Dude, I'll lose my mind. Why does he just get Joe Pavelski? You just get solve Pavelski. All pro- solve all your problems in one. Every awesome. problem is solved. You want your little playoff experience? You got it. Goal score like Joe Pavelski is probably the best player on this team if you put him in. I mean, like man problem is i think he's top 10 scoring right now yeah so good luck at him <laughs> no chance but oh, i know mean, we're in on it till the end though guys <laughs> that's what i'm saying is like i'm glad they're a good team on a nightly basis and you know like the, the just my worry is having seen a sutter system uh and the way it did in like 2006 i know that's a long time ago but i think it's relevant um, like, fuck, it's not going to matter in games. If you're playing a first-round series against the Oilers or a second-round series against whoever, and you lose that game seven because you can't score a fucking goal and you're down, then it's not going to matter. Yeah. You got to get, you got to go look at these teams here. Like Montreal, you can't scoop someone out of there. It's going to help you score goals. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Foley, like, come on, give me a break. Like ha- that, that has got to be the most slam dunk of all trades that needs to happen in the entire world, dude. Yeah, he played with Daryl. Like, that should have been done two weeks ago. On the, in the West here, look at Chicago, man. Like, can we get Taze out of there? 
Could for you just get anybody? Third line. Center? No, uh, apparently Taves and Kane and was it Jones are like the only untouchables in Chicago. Not to bring it. Apparently, apparently to bring it is for sale in Chicago. Get to bring it, dude. Can you imagine? They'd never get him because he's too shrimpy. Um, but can you imagine? Like, oh my god! Like, can you imagine? Like, I don't know where you put him, but I can just see Johnny feeding to break it on the power play all day, all day, every day. What about anybody else from Philly? Um, I don't know. Philly sucks. <laughs> Connect me. He's too young and on a big deal. The thing is that I I said this last time. I was like, this is the perfect chance to get. I know Brad hates rentals. Um, I don't know why he hates rentals. He's never acquired a rental and has anything to base hating it off of. He just blows the money in free agency anyways. Just gets he he hates rentals unless they're shitty defensemen who we give up third round picks for. Um, but this is the best year. This is getting a rental is the only option. You can't take money on for next year. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really anybody on Philly who meets the criteria, like Atkinson signed forever and probably not good enough. I don't know. Van Reems Dyke. I don't know. I just get somebody, dude. Get to Foley. Call it a like, come on. What about Make from it. uh Arizona? How about Eberly? Yeah, that was the name going around today. How about Jordan Eberly? Like, come on. That'd be sweet. How about fucking McCann, dude? Jared McCann. How about anybody? It's just like that. But Schwartz. Like, anybody. I'm, I'm watching the end of the Florida game tonight, and Sam Bennett has two goals, and I know one's an empty net, but he's got 20 goals on the year, right? And we're still got fucking Monahan and Brett Ritchie, and I know Monahan's been better, but you still got Brett Ritchie and like all these guys just skating around while a 20 goal scorer just out there that we used to have. Imagine it, you could resign him for cheap, eh? Oh, yeah. If you hung on to him and said, look, Sam. Daryl's here now. We know you, you asked for a trade earlier, but let's try and make this right. Let's say, you know, another one-year deal. He probably would have turned it around, do you think? No, they would have just played him in the fucking fourth line all year. Well, I mean, fuck, I'd rather have him playing on the fourth line than Richardson and Lewis and Richie. <laughs> Even Sam Bennett at, like, not 20 goals, Sam Bennett. Even at Sam Bennett, it's shitty flame Sam Bennett is better than what's going on there now. I don't know. No one from the Yotes, though? I'm looking. Probably not. Who on Louis Erickson? Oh, my God, dude. Elchenyuk? Did you see the latest on the Coyotes? Yeah. Oh, they're going to play in a 5,000-seat rink. That's actually – well, that's terrible for business, but, I mean, that'd be sweet to go to a game in. They're probably not going to be able to fill that thing out, but – Oh, no chance. Like, why, are they, why doesn't Batman just let that fucking go? He will never let it go. He'll die in that hell, dude. Dude, the guy they should get, but he signed beyond JT Miller would be amazing. Oh, fuck, man. He'd be awesome. Just somebody, you know? Just don't even say it. Just pressing me, dude. Don't even right. say any, any <laughs> names. I don't want to hear talk about that anymore. Let's go to the, the home stretch. This is, hey, there's signs of life that they might actually start playing well at home. Well, okay, here's the thing. I know we kind of were like, uh, they're up and down, they're up and down. Today was their last game in the Eastern time zone. Huge. Huge. And they play like 
way over half of the remaining games at home. They play 11 games in February, eight of which are at home. And they, oh man, they play a lot of games in March. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. But yeah, they got, they're going to, oh my man, they, they only play four away games in March. And they have about 14 games. They're pretty much, and then April is kind of 50 50, but for the next two months, they're going to be at home. So let's get some home, let's get some home cooking here, eh, bud? Well, we said it off the top of this winning percentage, they're still second in the division. That only, you know, works if you win those games. So there's really no excuse to, like, when's the last time they had a good stretch of games, a good 10 game stretch? Yeah, it's since not since the start of the season. That's what they need. They need to put together a string of wins and a good stretch, like you yeah, said. Yeah, you're like you're still four and six in your last ten. I mean, you had gone on a kind of a piss poor stretch there, like two seven and one. You got to put together like a solid ten, twelve games here.